Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is but a show away. With over 1,800 shows and growing, we bring you those liberating stories that help you on your own life's journey from every single topic you can think of. The only common denominator is authenticity and living in your meaningful purpose. Come and read our new e-book, plus see our discovery store and what wonderful tools we have for you. Do enjoy our shows and don't forget to share. Coming up next is The Wellness Journey with Linus Wood Mullins. I'm so glad to be with you today to be talking about my favorite topic, how we can, along our journey to wellness, learn to love ourselves as we truly are. You know, when I reached 60, I thought I was really going to be a hot mess, all upset and thinking about time had gone by and I hadn't done all the things I needed to do and so on and so forth. But I cannot tell you that I feel the best I've ever felt at this age, even though I'm far from perfect. I have creaks and pains and things. I just look at them as different things as I would have when I I was 30 or something. And I'm really comfortable in my skin in terms of where I'm at in my level of development, you know. Um, I'm comfortable in my body. I no longer have this false expectation of trying to look 30 again, you know, or 20 again. Sometimes it's a little interesting hanging out with my daughters who are all anywhere from size zero to size threes. That's real interesting sometimes because I'm not in that category. But then I have to remember that the extra pounds that I have, the wideness of my hips that I have, the other things that happen with you as you age, I earned those. And um, I'm happy about that because that means that I lived that long to earn those. And so I've kind of begun to flip the script a little bit in terms of how I look at the aging process. And one of my goals with this podcast series of the wellness journey changes and transitions is to help you do the same thing, to help you begin to really revel in how wonderful it is to age and also to find the way to get to that point of where you're actually living your best life right now. Your best life didn't necessarily happen when you were 20, and it's not necessarily going to happen in the future. It's happening right now in this moment in time. Today, we have with us someone who is an expert when it comes to staying present and meditation. She's a Reiki master. Her name is Marla Mervis, and she is the creator of Love Your Body, Love Yourself, and she assists women into finding that yes to that question. After years of struggling with her own dysfunctional body relationship, Marla has transformed her experiences into services to help women discover honor and appreciation for their bodies. She is a professional who's been featured on TEDx and Salinas, and she was a leading body image expert at Journey Malibu, a drug alcohol rehab center. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband and son, where she works full-time as a professional coach, speaker, facilitator, and living like Reiki master and teacher, which we're going to be talking about. And when I was designing this podcast series, Marla was one of the people I wanted to have on the show to talk about the changes and transitions as we head into midlife, because I think loving your body and loving yourself where you are right now in this moment of time, right now in midlife, is such a wonderful way to be as you enter into your journey uh, for wellness. So Marla, welcome to Thank the you. podcast series. It's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you. Amen, amen to all you said. That's well, amen to, amen to all the things that you're doing, because I know you, you, not, you not just work with midlife women, you work with all ages, because I think this is something that really is important for all women. All women struggle with this body image problem, no matter how young they are or how old they are. 
Why is that? Why do we have such a problem with how we view ourselves? Well, I just want to just say one thing is as far as transition and midlife, we are always in transition. You know, we are always ebbing and flowing, whether it's in our menstrual cycle you know, the beginning of the menstrual cycle to, to the bleeding or whether you are, you know, the, the cycle of life as a woman, whether you're a maiden moving into being a mother, a mother moving into being a crone, we're always in transition, you know, and when we think about transitions, it's like, how do we want to be with that? Transition means change. And we're not very good at change. That's true. That's true. So that change, if we can hold space for ourselves in a really loving, gentle way with more compassion. I think in these transitional places and the one you're talking about as far as midlife, it's really about the, the willingness to slow down with ourselves and be gentle as it's all happening. So I just jumped in there, but to answer no, I, your I, question. I, I like that. In fact, I was going to ask you, because you've worked with a lot of women with this whole topic of transition and how we view our bodies. What are some of the common themes you see with women in midlife in terms of where they're at with viewing their bodies? They're not in acceptance. Uh, they're not in acceptance. They're not in surrender to life. And they are... Uh, they're not willing to let go and actually see who's in the mirror. And that person that's in the mirror is actually beautiful and amazing and has so many wonderful attributes, whether it is your looks or beyond your looks. So it's really about shifting the focus to what is really the truth here. And the truth is that you're beautiful. That is really the truth. And the truth is, is that we are, we are beings of love. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. <laughs> and we get so you, far away from that. How do you get women to begin to live with that truth, begin to really embark on that journey of truth in terms of who they are? How do you get them to basically, like I was saying earlier, flip the script and begin to view themselves with a feeling of love and joy instead of condemnation. Oh, I got to change that. Or, Oh, I don't like that. Or I don't like me. Yeah. Well, I, it, it's can be a really slow process and that's just the truth in it. And it can happen on a dime. Right. So I feel like we are so brainwashed in our society to think that we're not what we're supposed to be. I mean, society media is really shoving a lot of ideas down our throat and they're doing it for a, a, the purpose of selling and making money. And we buy into it. And they press right on all those little vulnerable spots within us that say, you know what? I'm actually not. I'm not good enough. I do have wrinkles. Oh, I do have that flub. I do have. <clears throat> and so that brainwashing, when we actually take back our power in and we notice, oh, what is actually happening here? And I find that this process is really about slowing down. It's, it's noticing the things that we're saying to ourselves about ourselves and slowing that process down and even acknowledging, did I just say that to myself? 
That is very powerful. I'm glad you mentioned that because our self-talk is so unloving. <laughs> we say some terrible things to ourselves. And many times, as you said, we don't even realize that we're saying it. And you're absolutely right. It dawned on me really for the first time about four or five months ago when I was watching a commercial and I realized that hardly any of the commercials looked like me except for the ones where the people were talking about arthritis and constipation and depression <laughs> and hurt feet and bunions, all this negative stuff. But if you wanted to uh, have makeup or go out on the night in the town or look at a new outfit, you were all less than 30 and weighed like about 20 pounds and yeah. I never really looked at it that way because I always considered myself part of that younger piece well now at the big 6-0 it's like you know I really am not who they are uh, trying to appeal to yet and still I have value I have money to spend I could be one of their clients but that's just not their focus and I think sometimes our society is kind of stuck on stupid when it comes to that because the reality is when it comes to um, marketing and women uh, we have discretionary income probably more so than a 30 year old might have that's raising kids or just getting out of grad school or whatever whereas we're well established in our careers or our kids are launched we have a little bit more discretionary income to spend on things that we want yet the marketing is telling us that, well, we don't want your money. And that's when I began to realize, you know what, this is a bunch of crap. This is just untrue. I am no longer looking at the idea of what I see on the television as a form of validation in terms of my worth. That's just what they're doing, and they just don't get it. My worth is far beyond anything that I could purchase uh, from a television uh, commercial or something that I see in a magazine. My worth transcends that. And once I began looking at that differently, I began feeling better and better about being older and wiser. Older and wiser. Great. Yeah, because you're taking, you're, you are wise by, you've been around the block, you've seen, you know, you've seen these ads and you're on to them. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, and, and, and the truth is, is that there is so many of these images that are showing, like you said, these women who are so stick thin and we know intellectually we know that even the thin thin women are still being uh, are, are still being made to look even thinner mm -hmm. and and it's a lot of photoshopping mm -hmm. but somehow still there's that place that it gets inside that says oh i'm not I'm not what I see in front of me, and that's beautiful, right? So that can be what I said as far as the self-talk. So just the awareness of what it is that we're saying to ourselves, we can, that's where we can start to take back our power. And that's where we can start to, as you had mentioned before, shift the script. So I'm not saying that you can really go from I look ridiculous I'm ugly I'm disgusting to oh my gosh I am the most amazing human being I am hot it, you know it, it, it sometimes doesn't happen that quickly but what we can do is begin to brainwash ourselves in another way which is to stop that and completely like no I you know, for the next 
hour, I'm not saying anything negative to myself because that's what I would have to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't just be like, I couldn't take a whole day and say, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to talk negative about myself for a day. Sometimes it was a, a minute to minute, an hour to an hour experience where it was a commitment. I'm not going to say anything negative to myself for the next hour. And I would be in that spaciousness of just neutrality. And then slowly beginning to say, okay, well, what is good about me? What are the things that I do love about me? And that seems a little cheesy. I don't really care that it's cheesy. It, it actually works to really think, what do I love about myself? What part of my body do I like? Do I appreciate the parts of our bodies that we are working really well and we don't even acknowledge that they're working? You know, it's like, wow, I have really strong legs. Oh, wow, my, my liver works great. <laughs> it's interesting because I was watching a show yesterday, kind of in preparation for this show, and uh, Lisa Ling on CNN did a show on Tantra. Uh, and, and how it helps women to connect more with themselves sexually. There were women there who had been married for years and years who had never even had an orgasm before. Oh. And they were willing to accept that, that that was okay. And she, you know, explored what Tantra was and how it helped. And then she explored the whole concept of really relating to your own body and being able just to look at yourself in the mirror. And it was very interesting because she said she had just had a baby. And I guess the baby now must be a toddler. And she said, uh, since she's had the baby, she no one has seen her naked, including her husband, because she's got the signs of having had a baby, you know, a little bit bigger pouch maybe, maybe stretch marks, I don't know, whatever it is that she sees that maybe her husband may not see at all. And she says, when they're together, you know, turn off the light and covers and everything else because she doesn't want, didn't want him to, to see the changes in her body. Well, part of her exercise or part of her journey in terms of beginning to flip that script and change the way she thought was to, with, with a therapist or actually a, a sex surrogate, which is a whole nother can of worms, um, she took off her clothes. You couldn't see it on the camera or not and stood in front of a mirror and began to list what it was she loved about herself. And believe it or not, it was such an emotional experience. And I'm really grateful to Lisa Ling for doing something like that. You think that someone like her, she has it all together, you know, what, what, poss what possible insecurities could she have? But the sex surrogate and the therapist were saying, this is such a common theme for most women. In fact, a lot of women find it difficult to even get to that point of taking off the clothes and standing in front of the mirror or standing in front of the mirror and just looking at their face and saying what they love about themselves. Yeah. So, well, you just, you've hit on so many things here, Lena. So good, good. Sure. Yeah. So I, you know, we're talking about transition here right. and we're talking about going from the maiden to the mother. And there's so much that I've seen as far as mamas, get your body back. And, <laughs> it, and it's so ridiculous. And actually women are hurting themselves. Because they're not allowing themselves, their bodies to heal. They're doing these crunches that are hurting their body. And this is a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and because there's, there's such that fear of having flesh. Right. And that flesh is a rites of passage. You are now a mother. Congratulations. That flesh on your body 
is a sign that you are there. You're transitioned. And the more we beat ourselves up for having it, the more it's probably going to stick around mm -hmm. because there's shame. Mm -hmm. And we have shame around something. It do shame doesn't allow us to integrate with what we want. Our life, it, it responds to love. It doesn't respond to shame. So hiding is not, it, it is not serving. So I just want to say it does not serve you to have shame and negativity around your body to lose weight. And I used to think that. I thought if I loved my body the way it was, then I was going to be fat. I was going to make unhealthy choices. I would never exercise again. And I would be, and, and that was completely the opposite. Mm -hmm. The completely the opposite is that when we care about ourselves, we take care of ourselves. When we acknowledge, wow, this is, this is my body right now. And although I may not like it, you can say that. It's not about not acknowledging where you are and not being honest with your feelings. I do not like my body where it is right now. I do not like the fact that I have 10 extra pounds or 30 extra pounds from having a baby. But I, am in, I, I, I still will show up with love and appreciation. So there's, you can see, we're so multifaceted and we can do that, women. We can do that. We can be in a place of, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Because this is the thing is lots of times it's not, I think most of the time, it's not actually about the actual weight that is on our body. So we'll take the motherhood situation. It's like all of the discomfort that we're saying and the shame around our body could actually be masking the fact that, wow, I just, I lost my independence for a little while. Wow, I am transitioning and I have a lot of responsibility. Well, I'm tired. Well, I'm hungry and, and I just ate and I don't want to be hungry. Like all these uncomfortable feelings around this transition. What do we do? We take all that discomfort and then we put it on ourselves and make it about the weight. And it's not about the weight. It's about slowing down, feeling what you're actually feeling, which is I'm a different human being and I'm not the way I was. I'm not some sexy mama who can wear that dress that I could before. I'm a mother and I'm a young mom in this instance that you're talking about. And, and it, I'm so uncomfortable with this and I feel so sad and I feel like I lost something. So these are the things, this is what really this is about, is really acknowledging what is happening in these transitional places. We go to the food, we go to the weight, and that's not really what's, there's, it's always something deeper. You said something that I think is really important when it comes to that midlife journey. First of all, it really is all about the journey. These are the things that happen along the journey, and maybe the first step in, in really being healthy and well along the journey is acknowledging how you're feeling. Society tells us, and we tell ourselves that we can't acknowledge it. So we push it back, we push it back, we push it back into our emotional closet till you get kind of like my closet back there. <laughs> you got so much stuff in it that when you open it, the stuff just falls out. And, you know, in, in terms of our emotions, the emotions just fall out and people are wondering, what's wrong with her? When in reality, it's really not that one or two thing. It's an accumulation of things that come out. And one thing I've learned about not acknowledging how you're really feeling 
without feeling like you have to justify it, just without acknowledging it, that causes a sense of anxiety after a while because you're holding back emotions that you need to get out and share either with your friends, with yourself, through journaling, whoever it is you need to data dump with or whatever you need to get it out, but not but keeping it inside and not acknowledging how you're really feeling, uh, who you see yourselves as, whether it's good or bad, without acknowledging those things, that too um, can exacerbate into anxiety, depression on one side, or into another area, you try to, to self-medicate and then you're you know eating that last cookie or those, that ice cream or that soda and all of this stuff that gives you a temporary oomph, but gives you just more reasons to be upset with yourself. Yes. And, uh, you know, as women, we're, we are emotional beings. Mm -hmm. and it is our gift. It is a gift to be this is connected to our emotions as we are. And I agree with you. When we stack things up and we don't learn how to deal with our emotions, that's what creates all the things you just said and panic attacks and wondering what's wrong with me. My life is good, but I'm still feeling this way. And it's like, well, your life is good. And my life was always really good, mm -hmm. but I didn't deal with my emotions in the right way. Mm -hmm. And then they became stacked up, like you said, and created a, a, a disordered eating and a way of seeing myself that was skewed. Mm -hmm. And so I agree with you. There, there needs to be a, a way that we're, we're taught to share. And I mean, I don't know how anyone does it without support. I mean, I always have someone like, is, is like a coach or a mentor that I can talk to. I think that is so, so important. And, and, and there's a difference here. I just want to say this. There's a difference between commiserating with your friends about the fact that you don't like the size of your butt mm -hmm. than to sharing, I feel uncomfortable in my body mm -hmm. because that's what we do. We will get together with our friends and we'll talk shit about ourselves, excuse my language. And some, in a way it kind of takes this first layer of tension off because you're so uncomfortable and you want to share it. Mm -hmm. But that can sometimes just add to the negativity rather than like what is really present underneath, which is I'm really uncomfortable in my skin right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you're commensurating like that, you're not really doing the work to get to the causation. You're just all kind of like having this big, huge pity party kind of thing. And um, mm -hmm. misery loves comfort kind of, you know, company kind of thing and not really doing the work. And, and speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about your program, uh, Love Your Body, Love Yourself. What does that consist of? How does that work? Yeah, well, I actually wanted to, yeah, and I can piggyback on what I was going to say to you because you mentioned Tantra and yes. you mentioned sexuality. Yes. And that's a big piece. I'm a, I was, I'm a Tantra teacher and I've used a that's lot. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. So I've, women's work is a really big piece for me and owning our sexuality and our sensuality as women is so important to this journey of loving ourselves because it's such a big piece of who we are. We are all sexual beings. We're all sensual beings. And when we understand ourselves that way, when we have the freedom to acknowledge ourselves <laughs> as sensual human beings, mm -hmm. we begin to appreciate ourselves more. And just um, right now, I'm really excited and really sharing this idea of pleasure 
and allowing ourselves to be led by pleasure. And so what I mean by pleasure, I just don't mean like sexual gratification or instant gratification as far as like enjoying another cookie. I'm, I'm talking about the deep listening, the pleasure we get from that deep listening to our bodies that says yes or no or more or less or go here, go there. I feel like we are so ingrained to this no pain, no gain mentality. Mm. And when we begin to shift that to like, what do, what do I really, what do I really desire? What does my body actually want? And that can be so liberating. And it's, it's a little scary at first because it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what I actually want. I just know control. I just know how to control myself. And so opening ourselves up to what feels pleasurable what food would actually bring me pleasure this evening? Not what I think would be, but what actually feels good. Like, let's just take, for instance, uh, a green juice, right? So a really, like, a green healthy juice. And you can take a specific day and you can drink that. And that can feel so nourishing and you can feel so good about having that. And it feels great. And another time you can look at this green juice and you can be like, I feel like I'm depriving myself. I feel like I'm restricting. I'm dieting. I don't even want this stupid green juice. I want something with, you know, I want to, I want a milkshake, you know? So that's the difference. It's like you can take one situation and it can be painful or it can be pleasurable. And it's really taking the time to acknowledge that. And then you take in, which I was just bringing it back around to the sexuality. It's like when we're in our sensual sexual body, we have more space to feel pleasure. We have more space to move in a way that's loving. When we're in pleasure, there's no space for negativity. I mean, when we're having an orgasm, we're not thinking about the size of our butt. Right. <laughs> We're not. There's nothing going on there but pure joy, pure pleasure. And those places of pure pleasure can really teach us where do I want to live my life and where, what frequency do I want to live on? I like that idea. What frequency do you want to live on? Because yeah. actual self-awareness, when you really talk about it, that's such a huge, huge quest because there's so many different ways that we can be aware. And I feel like there's so many ways that we have cut ourselves off from awareness. You know, we, we've mm -hmm. kind of just numbed ourselves all the way down. And I find that as you go into midlife, it's an opportunity to unnumb. It really is. Your body's already going through some transitions. So why not add that? And there's something else I think is really interesting that you really hit upon because a lot of times when you get my age, I have uh, friends who are now, gosh, it was so cool when I was 30 to have friends that were 40. Now I'm 60 and I have friends at 70. It's not as cool. But anyway, <laughs> Sorry, friends. They, I've told, Don't tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> I told them that. I said, guys, I'm acting 70. I tell them that all the time. I said, you know, you're in good health. Just because you're 70 doesn't mean you have to act and, you know, still live your life. But some of them have totally cut themselves off sexually. They're not married. Uh, they're not dating. And they just have stopped. And to me, that's when I begin to see the aging process mm -hmm. take place. 
really do. And what I like to see is more women connect with themselves in other ways. You're still, you're still a sexual being, whether you have a partner or not, you still can be a sexual being. And it is an extremely important part of our aging process, especially when it comes to hormones and things that we need to release or that we need to get going in our bodies. It's wellness, women. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, do another podcast on just this because that is so important. And the piece that we forget is and it is what you just said, is that we think that our sexuality is about another. Mm -hmm. Because women have been, you know, looked upon as these sexual beings. And it's like, my sexuality is for the pleasure of someone else. Mm -hmm. And now that my body doesn't look a certain way, then obviously I'm not pleasurable to someone else. So therefore, I'm not a sexual being and I'm not connected. No, our sexuality, our sensuality is about our own pleasure. It's about turning ourselves on. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And you're right. It creates vibrancy. It creates that light and it will change the aging process. Absolutely. It, it, it absolutely does. Now tell us how Reiki, uh, first of all, what is Reiki? Reiki, and how, yeah. And how does this all feed into the whole idea of loving your body and loving yourself? Yes. Yes. So Reiki is, oh, Reiki is universal life force energy. And Reiki is the, I, I call it the, and I believe it is, it's the energy of unconditional love. It's that healing aspect of unconditional love. So we know what unconditional love does. It heals. And it's that part of that unconditional love. It heals us. It releases stress in our body, physically, mentally, or emotionally, so that we can heal ourselves. So, so what that means is, so it's like, okay, but what is it? What are we doing here, right? So as a Reiki master, I am able to tap into this energy in a very specific way where I can bring it through my body and th out through my hands, and I can give Reiki, this universal life force, this unconditional love to myself, to another. I can do it long distance, and what happens is that it's not about getting my healing energy. It is about them healing themselves. So it's like activating their own healing capacity. So what does this do? So in this whole idea of loving ourselves, in my own experiences, is like as I'm bringing in more unconditional love, those places in me that are not in alignment with unconditional love will show up to get healed. So here I am, a Reiki master, sharing about the energy of love, being non-judgmental, loving others, loving yourself, and I'm still having this aspect of myself that wasn't loving myself, that was looking in the mirror and not liking what I saw and would still be judgmental to myself. So I got to see where I was out of alignment and where I needed to even heal deeper. So bringing this energy in on a day-to-day -day basis really allowed me to heal myself. And, I mean, I use Reiki with all of my clients because it is such a comforting, loving space to be in. And there's just no judgment in that place. And we don't have many places where we are in life where we're not judged. 
And so when we are actually get to feel that, wow, I'm, wow, there's something really, wow, this feels different. There's you know, no judgment here. I've, I, 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 I remember the very first time I had a session and um, this is another form of Reiki, it's energy, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, she, I remember her telling me that I was just really, really susceptible. But anyway, I felt this sense of joy. I just started laughing. Yeah. For no reason at all. And she's like, oh, this is so great. You're so responsive. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Why am I laughing? <laughs> and um, I had regular sessions with her weekly for about a year. And it made a huge difference in terms mm. of how I learned to manage my anxiety. Mm. I have what some would call an anxiety disorder, but I've learned to manage it in many, many different ways. And um, energies is one of them. Now, the last time we were together on one of my shows, you, I think, shared with us a Reiki session or you did something. Could you do a demonstration just so our listeners can get some kind of an idea of what this is? Yeah, do we do we have time for that? We'll just yes, do a we mini. Do. We oh, we'll to just have do. Time, girl. Okay, That's great. Sometimes you want to have. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. So, so all I would just say is is that you don't have to believe that this is real or it's not real. You just need to know that you are receiving. And we can just go into a little meditation here. And I mentioned that I can send Reiki long distance. And it's one of the things that I love about being able to share this is that it can reach so many people. So I would just invite us all to just close our eyes. And then just find your breath. So I want you to just... Find your breath and get connected inside your own body right now. So we're connecting your breath in your body and feel your breath moving in and moving out. And breathing in and breathing out. Inhaling and exhaling. And go ahead and just allow your belly to get super, super soft. And allow all of your attention to drop into your belly, into your hips, into your pelvis. And just imagine and sense that all of your breath is moving down into your hips. And you're inhaling here. And you're exhaling. So right now we're just getting the body primed, getting your, yourself in a state of receivership for Reiki. And then go ahead and just take your hands. And I just want you to use your hands. I just want you to kind of pet the top of your head. And just using some touch here, both of your hands, and just move them down your down your face. So you just, I just want you to bring some relaxation into your body with, with your touch, touching your hands and your arms. Feel how nice that feels to be in physical contact. 
touching your chest and your breasts, your torso, your belly, finding connection here. And you're just touching yourself and enjoying some sweet connection. And notice that your breath is still activated and you're still breathing fully. And every place that you're touching yourself is relaxing more and more. And now go ahead and just let that go or not. Enjoy touching yourself for as long as you want. So now I'm just going to open myself up to the group here. I'm going to be sending you energy. So what I want you to do is get really clear on a, an intention for yourself to receive. So what is your intention for healing right now? What, and let's get even more specific, what part of your body would you like to love more? What part of your body are you resisting loving? What part of your body do you find challenges loving? Maybe it's so, because it doesn't look the way you want it to look. Maybe because it is in pain and it causes you to have a lifestyle that you don't want to have. Whatever it is, I want you to just feel into that part of you. And just imagine... and feel and sense that this Reiki energy is pouring into that part of your body. And maybe there's a color associated, maybe you can fill this part of your body with purple light or green light or just filling this whole part of you up with unconditional love. Maybe there's still resistance there and knowing that love can cut through all resistance. And now I want you to feel into another part of your body, another part of your body that you have challenges with loving or even taking care of, part of you that you have shut off, detached from. And I want you to, you can go ahead and put your hands there if you want. And I want you to sense, visualize, or imagine that Reiki, unconditional love is pouring deeply into this part of you. And this unconditional love is giving you, and I have an intention for you, is giving you the experience of acceptance. Acceptance. Accepting this part of you. And that may bring up emotions, maybe sadness, maybe anger, maybe excitement maybe hope, and all are welcome. All are welcome. And now sense visualizing or imagine a big ball of golden light above your head. And that golden light is pouring golden beams down upon your head, 
opening up your crown chakra and pouring down through your whole being like liquid love, filling your whole beautiful body that houses your soul and your spirit, filling up your head and your neck and your throat, pouring down across your shoulders and your whole back body. Liquid light, liquid love pouring down through your arms into your hands, filling up your heart, your torso, your beautiful belly, pouring down into your lower back, into your pelvis, down into your woman. Mm, pouring this liquid love down through your legs, in your lower legs, down into your ankles and your feet, now ten toes. And acknowledging that you are vibrating on a higher frequency right now from when we started this meditation. You're more in alignment to the truth of who you are, which is a beautiful being. And you are one step further to more acceptance. A deep breath together. And exhale and let go. <laughs> that is so wonderful. And you know what? The good thing about this show is, ladies uh, and gents, if there's any listening in, you can go back and listen to that again because that mm -hmm. is just such a revelation in terms of all the things that you can do yourself to connect with you. I mean, how often do you go through an exercise like that? I would say the majority of us do not. Mm -hmm. But so much of this is not so much that it's difficult to do. It's just having the knowledge and learning how to do it and why it's important and fine-tuning it and finding out also what works with you or what works for you because everybody's different. Uh, but I find that Reiki, energy healing, whatever you want to call it, uh, can be life-sustaining in so many ways mm -hmm. uh, that we as Westerners aren't really used to in terms of connecting in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to connect to your essence of who you are as a person. Usually in our society, we're so, so busy you know, dealing with the, what's going on outside of us. We don't take a lot of time to deal with what's going on on the inside, you know, where the soul is, what, what, you know, our body houses that spirit. And we have to find ways to take care of that, too. It's more than just, you know, working out and making sure you've got, you know, lean legs and uh, muscles in your arms. I mean, sculpting and all that. You want to take that same approach when it comes to dealing with what's going on inside of you as well. And that's why I think what you do is so powerful, Marla. Thank you. And I, I totally agree with you. I think the more we connect to that, uh, the, that soul essence of who we are, the other stuff will, will have a less of uh, a grip on us. Yes. Now, for all of you who are listening, we do have a direct link to Marla's website, uh, loveyourbodyloveyourself.com, mm -hmm. uh, that will tell you how to get in touch with her. And also, we have a link to her TEDx Talks that she did in Salinas, which is fabulous. Uh, you get a chance to listen to even more of her wisdom. And I really do urge you to take a look at her website. First of all, it's a lovely website. Thank it you. It also gives you all kinds of information about how you could possibly be a client of hers. There's so much work that we can do 
on ourselves. And it doesn't have to be painful. Many times you've run into some wonderful discoveries about yourself that has always been there. You just haven't taken the time to tap in. And uh, working with uh, Marla, it can give you an experience like that. I think working in any of the different wellness genres can give you an experience like that, whether you're doing crystals or color therapy or essential oils or herbs or supplements, whatever it is, it's all available to you along your journey to wellness. And that's why I'm so glad to have you, Marla. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for the session. It's beautiful. I hope that you all have experienced something a little different that you want to further explore. So please go to loveyourbodyloveyourself.com. Check out Marla and the wonderful work that she is doing. And really, everyone, it really is all about the journey. Because along the way, you're going to have a couple of turns. You're going to have some twists. You're going to run into some bumps and grinds. But the bottom line is, is what you learn along the way. And the tools and the key learnings that you will use to assist you on your journey to wellness for your mind, your body, and your spirit. This is Lennis from Wellness Woman 40. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next time.